coming up. From what I could see, her cerebellum looks like what they said, a shrunken piece of broccoli. It, it looks pretty small. And they also said that there are large gaps in brain tissue in her parietal lobe. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Behind this fence sits some of Idaho's death row inmates. Eight people are currently on Idaho's death row, including one female, Robin Rowe. The death penalty has been taking longer and longer, and and, and it's gotten longer over time. 30 years ago, Robin Rowe was sentenced to death, convicted of killing her husband and two children. She's had multiple appeals to have her sentence changed over the years to no avail. But in June of this year, Robin Rowe and her attorneys gave it one more try. And this time, it's based on a recent U.S. Supreme Court ruling and evidence of Rowe's brain atrophy. I'm joined by crime reporter Alexander Duggan at KTVB in Boise. Alexander, thanks for being here with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. This is clearly a case that, you know, has been going on for decades. Robin Rowe has been behind bars for decades. But let's go back to the beginning. This all started back in February of 1992 in Boise, right? Right. So um, essentially, the there's a duplex on the corner of Five Mile Road in Boise. Um, and in the early morning hours of that night in February, police and the fire department arrived to find this duplex up in flames. Um, they eventually got in and they found three people inside dead. They found... Uh, a woman named Robin Rowe, her husband, Randy, um, he was dead. And then her two children, Tabitha and Joshua, um, eight, and, uh, eight and 10 years old, and they were dead. Um, and they figured out that they had died of either carbon monoxide poisoning or smoke inhalation. The reports vary on that. Um, but the assumption was that they essentially didn't wake up. And she, Robin Rowe was not at the residence at the time, but she was staying at a friend's house and she had awoken her friend saying, you know, something's wrong with my house. Um, I I just have a weird feeling. We need to go check out my house. So they drove to their, to the duplex and she was told that her family had perished in the fire. Well, the investigators, the fire investigators later said that they believe someone intentionally set the fire because of all Um, the circumstances within the house. So they figured out the flames were exacerbated with a petroleum-based substance. Um, The breaker for the smoke detectors in the home was turned off. A fan was running, which they think was supposed to be turned on to circulate the smoke. Um, And they eventually charged her with arson and homicide because they had looked into her past at that point. And they just figured out that, you know, through all of these reports and what she was saying at the time that um, she was kind of their best suspect. And and you mentioned her past. I don't know if we can talk about, but at the time, the the sheriff mentioned that what was involved in in her past was actually another suspicious fire back in 1980, right? Right. So Roe lost another child in 1980, um, a young boy in California through a suspicious fire or what they described as a suspicious fire. Um, And I believe the circumstances surrounding that was kind of hazy, but um, I think that there was some sort of um, like portable heater or something in his room um, and that his blanket had caught fire and he tried exiting the room, but he, he couldn't leave the room and he was, he was found dead in the room 
and uh, they kind of suspected Roe of of doing that as well. And she had another infant that that possibly died of of SIDS. So they kind of raised some eyebrows um, looking at her past when, when it came to that. And so her husband, Randy, her two children, Tabitha, eight years old, Joshua, 10 years old, they, they died in this fire in 1992. She goes, uh, she, she's arrested and, and eventually sentenced to die just the next year, 1993, right? She's sentenced. Right. So what's interesting about, about that is actually um, in Idaho, there was no penalty jury for, for these kinds of cases, like death penalty cases. So a judge actually, actually sentenced her to her, her, to, to die, um, which is not really the case anymore. Um, you get a jury to decide your, your penalty. Um, so that's, what's kind of interesting. So if she had, if she was resentenced, she probably would be facing a jury to decide that rather than a judge. But, um, the judge at the time called her a cold-blooded pitiless slayer. And it came up in the trial, I believe, that she'd taken out some life insurance policies, too. She did. She had taken a lot of money out on her family at least two or three weeks before, like at most two or three weeks before the before the fire. So she's sentenced to die back in 1993. Over decades, she has filed appeals and challenged, tried to challenge or change her sentence. And we can talk about those a little bit. What What is her execution date currently? She was sentenced to die in December of 1993, but it's been on hold for so long, just um, pending her all of her appeals. Um, so she's appealed many times. She's also filed for post-conviction relief many times. Um, but what's interesting about this time that she filed for post-conviction relief um, just last month is based on a new Supreme Court uh, decision. So that decision, um, which is they ruled on um, a case called Shin versus Ramirez. I guess if I could explain it best, um, it, it essentially says that if claims of ineffective counsel are not brought up in state court first, um, federal courts can cannot address that at all. They have to be brought up in the state court. So now they're filing this post-conviction relief um, in the state court. Um, so that if it does go to federal court, they can further address that. So, so they're filing on this defense, um, of a brain atrophy, uh, once again, which they've used before. And they're saying that, um, her counsel at the time was ineffective because they did not bring forth evidence of her brain atrophy. Tell us what kind of evidence there is there. I mean, her, her brain and whatever's going on with brain atrophy has been documented, right, and studied. Right. So they have actually, I went through 93 pages of the the post-conviction relief that the defense filed, and they have all of their pictures of, they have her brain scans in there. They have, um, you know, pictures of that. And from what I could see, her cerebellum looks like what they said, a shrunken piece of broccoli, it, it looks pretty small. And they also said that there are large gaps in brain tissue in her parietal lobe. Um, so that kind of affects learning, judgment, behavior, decision-making, planning, um, a lot of the things, you know, that go into day-to-day life, just making decisions um, 
And so they're, they're arguing that, you know, there's evidence of this, but the council at the time had all of this evidence and, and refused to bring it up. So they're saying that her counsel was ineffective just because, you know, their defense at the time was kind of saying how her husband could have, have done this crime. Um, but, but never brought up any mitigation evidence later on, you know, to kind of not justify what she did, but explain, um, and mitigation evidence is, is like background to kind of explain someone's life to the judge or the jury when they sentence you. And, um, and they, they're saying that that was not brought up at all. So she, she deserves a new sentence or she deserves to, you know, have her execution sentence uh, vacated because of that. And some of that evidence has to do with a tumultuous childhood and, and, and there's certainly background and, and as you say, what, the circumstances of her life that could be brought up. However, a question about this brain atrophy, I mean, has this developed over decades or are they saying this was already a playback back in 1992 when this happened? Right. So they're saying um, that this was congenital. They're saying that, you know, she most likely was born with this, but it was just made worse over time because she had a difficult childhood. They said that, you know, her, she witnessed her parents being abusive. She, she experienced sexual abuse. She, she lived in poverty. Um, You know, she was bullied. She was picked on. She wet the bed until her early teenage years. Um, And so they're saying those things made her brain atrophy or brain damage worse her her decision making worse all these things contributed psychologically and you know these decisions that she made at the time that night in 1992 could not really be i guess not be explained but kind of elaborated on through through this evidence of of brain damage she's now 64 years old she's been behind bars for decades on death row and uh, I, I understand that if she were to be resentenced, this would not go back before judge, right? No, this would probably go to a jury um, just because back then, you know, they didn't see penalty juries um, at the time. They This was a judge that handed down her sentence. But, um, yeah, it's pretty interesting just, just that now a jury would probably end up deciding her fate. Um, that just It's very interesting that, you know, they're – filing this post-conviction relief off of this new um, Supreme Court decision um, rather than what they have previously done before. They've exhausted her appeals. Um, so they're moving to post-conviction relief because you kind of have a little bit more leeway within um, what you can do for post-conviction relief. And they're bringing it up in state court to see how far it goes. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. All right. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on this case. And as you say, what what happens next in in the state court. Alexander, thanks for talking to us about this one. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. You've been listening to The Daily Crime, a podcast from Vault Studios. Be sure to check out our other podcasts, including Bardstown, The Officer's Wife, and our weekly show, True Crime Chronicles. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. 